Welcome to the Recess Nurse Podcast. Elevating emergency nursing, one episode at a time. I'm your host, Yunsi Dursa. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Recess Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Yunsi Dursa. So today is episode uh, nine, and it is part three of Academy Series with Ruben Strayer. Today, we're going to focus on how to use ketamine for analgesia and for extremely uncontrollable violent patients. Um, if you haven't already, go back and listen to episode seven, where Ruben talks about ketamine and how the different dosing can have different applications in the emergency room setting. Um, and then in episode eight, Ruben talks about ketamine for PSA and RSI. Lots of really good pearls in both episodes. And now are you ready to continue your ketamine trip with Ruben? Here we go. So let's move on to analgesic dosing. Um, This is really a hot topic. Uh, We have a lot of patients that they have chronic pain. Um, A lot of people have acute pain and nothing's really working. So ketamine has been used for analgesic dosing. Um, can you talk about that in a little bit? Yeah. So ketamine is an, an excellent analgesic agent at the low dose, uh, spectrum in, let's say 10, 20 milligrams in a normal sized adult, you get really powerful analgesic effects in many cases, more powerful than opioids, uh, without the psychoperceptual disturbances that you see with higher doses of ketamine. And so we're seeing more and more uses for ketamine as an analgesic, both as an opioid sparing agent and as monotherapy instead of opioids, for example, in patients who are very likely to be harmed by opioids, such as opioid addicts. Um, Question I have is, let's say you have an opioid addict. Would the dosing be the same? Um, We're still doing weight-based dosing, or do you think that they might need they may have a higher affinity for ketamine and they may need a little bit more of a dose to to get the same analgesia or are or are we just going to push them in there okay uh, you don't see a cross reaction in that sense so patients who are opioid tolerant do not have ketamine tolerance and the dosing doesn't change sounds very promising then um, and then what about like how are you administering uh, your analgesia dosing. There's a study by Motov where um, he's putting an analgesic dose and it's more like a IV drip bolus. And how how is that done? Do you do it over a pump or how are you doing it? Um, so ketamine for analgesia, I uh, generally give it over... Um, 10 minutes as a sort of loading dose, and then I start a continuous drip. Depends on what the anticipated course for the patient is going to be. Uh, in a patient who's going to be admitted, like let's say a polytrauma patient, I, I generally give 20 milligrams or so over 10 minutes, and then 20 milligrams per hour titrated up and down on the pump. If you're planning on discharging the patient, you can just give that uh, 20 milligrams or 
0.15 milligrams per kilogram over 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes. And that gives you the full analgesic effect without the psychoperceptual effects that you want to avoid. Okay. Um, so this obviously is going over through a pump, uh, or are you doing it without a pump? Um, it's, I don't need a pump. I'm happy to do it without a pump. It's really more what the nurses are comfortable with. So if your nurse is, um, comfortable just dripping it in over 10 minutes, doesn't have to be exact, then great. Some folks really feel like they need to have it on a pump, um, to sort of be by the book. And in that case, there's no problem putting it on a pump. Okay. Um, I'm bringing this up because pumps are always in short supply in ERs. And so if it's if there's no difference, um, I probably won't even use a pump. Uh, it's your tight. This is obviously a diluted concentration. Um, we're putting in in maybe like 50 mLs of saline. Um, all right now, do these patients need to be monitored, or since we're having such a nice low dose and we're trying to prevent that recreational dose, um, can this just be a person that's on a stretcher in the middle of your ER, no pump, um, maybe the head of the bed is elevated. Are we, do you need to have telemonitoring um, on these patients? No. Uh, ketamine in analgesic dosing, 0.15 milligrams per kilogram or less, uh, are not at risk for ABC complications and do not require monitoring of any sort. So do we even have to worry? Is this something where intubation, does this need to be in the back of our mind as much as, let's say, when we were doing a procedure of sedation? Not at all. So uh, the way to think about this is like morphine. If you give 20 milligrams of morphine, then you're going to run into trouble with breathing. If you give two milligrams of morphine in a normal-sized adult, you don't need to, to be concerned about that. You don't need to be concerned about that at all, and can give that dose of two milligrams without any sort of monitoring. That's the same way that you can approach ketamine. I think that's a really great way to put it, um, because that's, of course, that's something that you know any of us would be scared of uh, if you're not familiar with ketamine or not used to giving ketamine in an analgesic dose. Um, slightly philosophical, but. Should we be worried if ketamine's working so well for chronic pain patients um, or um, for specific analgesic dosing? Um, I mean, for specific patients that need analgesic dosing that's not a chronic, uh, that doesn't have chronic pain, are we worried that maybe we're creating a new addiction? Uh, great question. So ketamine is definitely addictive. And and there are other countries where ketamine addiction is a real problem, uh, most notably China. In the United States, uh, we don't see ketamine addiction as a major problem. It's, I wouldn't say it's not a problem, but it's not a major problem. We don't want to promote addiction to any sort of substance. That said, in opioid addicts, uh, replacing their opioid addiction with a ketamine addiction would be a welcome change. Whereas the problems that we see with opioid addiction are waking up dead, or in this case, not waking up. Um, with ketamine, the problems with the ketamine addiction are real and they're important. They mostly involve uh, bladder problems. You get uh, a uropathy, a, a cystitis, and it can be pretty debilitating. You can run into lots of trouble. 
in your urinary system with uh, chronic use of ketamine. And then there's all of the behavioral problems that we see, like with marijuana addiction and other sorts of drugs. But these effects really can't be compared to the harms that we see with opioids. And I don't want to be cavalier about uh, using ketamine flippantly, but I don't think that we should be concerned about ketamine addiction in the same way that we're concerned about opioid addiction, firstly, because the harms are much less. Secondly, because ketamine is not addictive. Uh, in the same way that, that, that opioids are addictive, it doesn't create cravings in the same way that opioids create cravings, or so we think. All right, that's fair. Um, I mean, I love, I love ketamine for analgesia, um, and I think it's it, it can really change the way how uh, things work in our emergency departments. So let's move on to violent patients or violent agitated patients. So who do you describe? Who who would it be that who walks into your ER or rather dragged into your ER um, would fit that would fit that description as an agitated violent patient? Right. So ketamine has an important role in the management of the uncontrollably violent patient, and when given in a dissociative dose, will immediately deliver tranquilization. Uh, because the patient will be immediately become dissociated, and that patient will be perfectly still and quiet and uh, accessible, and you can take control immediately within moments of an intramuscular injection. And there really is no comparable agent with the possible exception of intramuscular succinylcholine, which is obviously something that we would want to uh, avoid. The problem with ketamine as a tranquilizer is that when you dissociate a patient, you are at risk for the complications that we see with dissociation. Most importantly, hypoventilation. And any patient who is dissociated and not intubated needs to be monitored continuously with airway-capable provider at bedside continuously during their phase of dissociation while they're dissociated. This is the reason that we don't want to use ketamine routinely for agitation for our routine agitated drunk, for example. So for your routine agitated drunk or your mildly, moderately agitated psychotic patient, you should use a conventional titratable sedative or neuroleptic like midazolam and haloperidol or some combination of the two. But for the occasional uncontrollably violent patient, especially when you're concerned about a dangerous condition on top of their agitation as a cause of their agitation or an effect of their agitation. Um, that's uh, the time to use ketamine. So when you have a young, big, strong man who is being held down by nine people and you're concerned that that person's going to break free and kill someone, that's the time to give 500 milligrams of IM ketamine. When you have a sick head injured trauma patient who's uncontrollable, that patient needs to probably be intubated and sent to the CT scan immediately. But while you're getting ready to do that, it's very reasonable to uh, give them an IM dose of ketamine so that you can take control. And in that case, you're using ketamine as sort of a delayed sequence intubation type strategy. I've been using ketamine for agitation for many years, and I've used it maybe five, six times in my career. It's rare that you need to use ketamine on an uncontrollably violent patient, but when you need it for that uncontrollably violent patient, it's a great arrow to have in your quiver. So let's say you have, I'm just throwing this out there. Um, so normally we think of these like really young, big, 
they almost look like pro wrestlers who are coming in and then you have you know like half of your staff um putting holding them down but um what if you have some you know some skinny female who for whatever reason has like uncanny brute strength and also needs almost like a small army to hold her down um are you you know are you still just going to go straight for 500 milligrams of im um to or are you going to maybe cut that dose in half to 250 milligrams im based on her weight Right. So the dose uh, for dissociation, which is what you want to use as when you're using ketamine as a tranquilizer, is four to six milligrams per kilogram IM. So if you're dealing with a child or a very small person, that's always going to be the dose. Now, in most cases that you need ketamine as a tranquilizer, it's because the situation is patently unsafe. And that's almost always because you are dealing with a big, strong man. Because just about everyone else can generally be controlled by security. But uh, if whatever the circumstances are doesn't allow you to control that patient, for example, you are a pre-hospital provider and there's only two of you and you got called to the scene of a drunk and he's not even that big, strong man, but he's big and strong enough or she's big and strong enough that you can't manage that patient safely, then by all means, use ketamine because uncontrollably violent depends on how much control you're able to exert. So if you happen to work in a place where you have nine huge dudes doing security, it's going to be very rare that um, you're going to need to use ketamine as a tranquilizer because you're going to be able to get physical control of just about everyone. If it's just you you and your, your buddy um, in the middle of the street uh, somewhere in downtown Chicago um, – that takes much less of an of a uncontrollably violent patient to be uncontrollably violent to you. And um, that's when ketamine makes sense. Makes absolute sense to me. Um, and how are you administering your IM doses? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't even bother with the alcohol. I mean, so traditionally, if you're giving an IM dose, you, you, know, you, you have a nice spot, usually in the deltoid, and then you're going to put some alcohol on there to clean and then you go and and um put the needle through the deltoid to give the im injection while all this is going on so the mistake that i see when we use ketamine intramuscularly for agitation is firstly i see people trying to remove the clothes and you don't need to do that you can go right through the clothes you don't need to take off any sort of clothes you don't need to do any sort of alcohol swab you should just be putting it into the deltoid, into the lateral buttocks or thigh, um, right through the clothes with your needle um, immediately. You don't need to worry about any of the usual precautions that we take with intramuscular administration because this is really an emergency and um, you want to get that drug into them as fast as possible. The, the, the main thing when you're giving ketamine for agitation in a patient who comes in held down by police and EMS is that you not try to start a line. Uh, this is very prevalent practice in many, in many institutions where a folk, someone who's being held down by five people, uh, it, a nurse is asked to start a line on that patient. And I think that is very poor practice. And I would recommend as a nurse that uh, you say, no, thank you. Let's give the medication I am or you start a line because starting a line subjects your staff to a totally unnecessary risk of a needle stick and starting a line takes time. Time that is much better spent watching the patient calm down 
after an intramuscular shot. Ketamine is extremely effective when given intramuscularly. There is no reason to try to start a line on a thrashing patient when you're using ketamine. Just go ahead and give it IM. I have to agree with you completely, 100% completely on that. Um, it's, I have been asked many times um, by physicians, uh, while there's a guy who's probably three times the size of me, and we have about, you know, like seven hospital security officers holding this person down, and it looks like the stretcher is about to flip over. There is no way I am going to start an IV line. And I recommend to all nurses who are listening to this to do not start an IV line on these patients. All right. So as a review for these violent patients, um, you know, you want to do weight base and it's a rare instance that you're going to be using ketamine um, for. But it, it is a valid use. And and then we still have to monitor these patients really, really, really well. Um, because there's always a concern with a disso- dissociative dose, uh, the patient will need to be intubated. Anything else you want to talk about with ketamine? I think we went through a lot for emergency medicine. Uh, we sure did. And uh, ketamine has a number of really important uses in emergency medicine. And I think the, the main thing to keep in mind is the ketamine brain continuum and understanding how ketamine exerts its effects across the brain continuum. And if you understand how it works at an analgesic dose, which is about one-tenth of a dissociative dose, then you'll be prepared to manage the different effects for the different indications. Ruben, thank you very much for coming on to the show and spending the time to teach us about ketamine and all its uses in emergency medicine. It's my pleasure. It was great to speak with you, Yonsei. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about dosing um, just as a take home. All right, so when using ketamine for analgesia, the dosing is 0.3 milligrams per kilogram. Um, You can use 0.1 through 0.3 milligrams per kilogram, but there has been a new study that was recently published by Sergei Motov, and his study used 0.3 milligrams per kilogram, and in my opinion, the research behind that was really great, and it seemed like the 0.3 milligram per kilogram really gave the analgesic effect that was needed for these patients. And also, um, there was not that much of a psychiatric emergence that came out of it either. So you were able to do like kind of like a double whammy. So you got good analgesic dosing, but also you prevented the psychiatric emergence. So for this bolus dose, you don't necessarily need a pump. So if you don't have a pump, don't worry about it. Um, what you would do is you would take whatever the weight base analgesic doses, which is 0.3 milligrams per kilogram, and you would inject that into a bag of normal saline, hundred mLs. And then you would infuse that over 15 minutes. So I did the math for you. It ends up being 400 mLs per hour. You can use a dial flow, but honestly, it only goes to 250 mLs per hour, and then it's wide open. Um, so 400 mLs per hour is pretty fast. If you infuse it over 10 minutes, you're looking at 600 mLs per hour. So 
I don't see too much of a difference between infusing it over 10 minutes or 15 minutes, but 400 mLs per hour is pretty fast. So there's actually another great um, article that was written by nurse Cheryl Allen uh, that also came out earlier this year uh, in January 2017. And she talked about how, what's the best way to administer ketamine for analgesia. Her research also shows that by diluting ketamine into saline and then administering it over 15 minutes, that that really, uh, really prevented a lot of the psychiatric emergence, which is always what we're worried about. So let's just aim for infusing over 15 minutes, which ends up being 400 mLs per hour with 100 mLs. So of course, the best way to administer ketamine, whether this is like a long bolus dose or not, would be through a pump. But if you work in a facility, um, it's busy, like Gonzo General, uh, you may not, you, you always end up running out of pumps. So can you go without a pump on the long bolus dose? Yeah, you can. Um, if you are using a ketamine drip, you have to use a pump for this one. You cannot get away with not using a pump. Um, and the dosing, the dosing for a ketamine drip is 0.1 milligrams per kilogram, and then you'll titrate that every 30 minutes. These doses are very, very low, so you shouldn't need any monitoring, but you know, you can use your judgment. Okay, so now for the dosing of um, basically, you're going to tranquilize these extremely uncontrollable, violent patients. Uh, I've never done this personally, um, but if you want to know what the dosing is, um, so the suggested dose by Rubin is 500 milligrams IM, and this was for an adult dose. Uh, this works out to be about 100 kilogram. Uh, a person who weighs approximately 100 kilograms. Um, so we're talking about a dissociative dose. And when you give it IM, it is four to six milligrams per kilogram. So, you know, if you just take it in the middle, five milligrams per kilogram, you're looking at about 100 um, kilogram person. So for these violent patients, since you're giving a dissociative dose, these patients do need to be monitored. For any doctors who are listening out there, please don't ask your nurse to try to start an IV on these um, very violent patients, even if you're not giving ketamine. Uh, it's really dangerous um, and it's just bad practice. Uh, this should be for any violent patients. You should really have a team approach and everyone needs to work together. And, you know, you will need a team to hold down a patient and just give the IM through the clothing. Don't give, don't do the alcohol swab. Um, it's the, the goal is to quickly get these patients to calm down. And the best way is to do it IM and not by yourself with a team of people, uh, whether if it's a bunch of nursing staff plus um, uh, physician staff. Um, and then maybe security as well. Um, just work with your hospital and it will save a lot in terms of injury to yourself 
to your colleagues and further injury to your patient. Now, I don't know about you, but after talking to Ruben about using ketamine for analgesia, um, I had a lot of other questions. So luckily, uh, Sergey Modov was nice enough to get on the phone with me and we ended up uh, talking about the nitty gritty, uh, the operations of administering ketamine for analgesia. So uh, if you're interested, there's going to be a bonus episode on ketamine for analgesia, and it will be with Sergey Modov. So stay tuned for that. So this marks the conclusion of a three-part series on ketamine with Ruben Strayer. I really hope that you enjoyed listening to them and you got some pearls out of it. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Yunsi Dursa. Peace. You've just listened to an episode of the Recess Nurse Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Yunsi Dursa. Check out the website, recessnurse.com, for show notes, a place to leave your comments, and start a conversation. You can also follow me on iTunes, Twitter, and Facebook. 